What up, world? This is your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your day, the routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, oh dang. <laughs> We got to talk about a game that was spoiled in the final 30 seconds, the final 15 seconds, by a bizarre refereeing choice. A night that was supposed to be a celebration of Scoot Henderson playing well and Amphrey Simons delivering in the fourth quarter and the Blazers exercising some demons after two beatdowns against OKC to play a really competitive game and get a legitimately good win on the road against one of the best teams in the league. Stolen. And now they're protesting this thing. So that's what we'll do. Recap that game. Talk about a chaotic final 30 seconds and a really bizarre end to the game. A really bizarre end to the game. Truly, truly, you may never see, you may never see that one again. And then I want what I want to do to close the show uh, is talk about Terry Rozier. He got traded today. And I think Rozier, he got traded to, to the Miami Heat. I think his what he went for his the price tag for Terry Rozier will in some ways is an interesting market setter for guards that are going to be traded this trade deadline this cycle and Malcolm Brogdon it, it could have impacts for what the Blazers will get back in a Malcolm Brogdon trade we'll talk about that to close the show we got to talk about this game first though let's do what we do fastest recap in the West Blazers lose 111 109 down big early, down 13 in the end of the fourth or the end of the first quarter. But Jabari Walker hits a corner three that hits every single part of the rim and rolls in, cuts the lead to 10. And the Blazers come charging back in the fourth quarter or in the second quarter. I'm screwing up. Uh, in the second quarter, 38-20, they outscore the Thunder in that second quarter. They take a 66-58 lead into the break. Like that was just a dominant. This maybe they're one of their best quarters of the season. A dominant second quarter. Hit 12 threes in the first half. They were rolling. Almost scored 70 points on the road. They were rolling. This team, um, they just haven't had many. They haven't had many halves, particularly first halves, that look like that. And they responded. You know, they they got thrashed by OKC. Um, in in Portland, in, in the first meeting, they lost by 62. It was one of the worst losses in the history of the sport. Um, the last time these two teams met, when they were Blazers were a little more shorthanded, but they they were they were in this one and they were truly in it. Thunder, you knew they were going to make a push. They come out at in in the third quarter and take back the lead from from down eight to up two, outscore the Blazers 30 to 20 in that in that third quarter. Headed into the fourth, 88 86. It's a freaking awesome fourth quarter. 14 lead changes in the fourth quarter, eight lead changes in the final uh, in the final six minutes, including a stretch of five straight scores, uh, either a basket or, or, or a pair of free throws, that where the lead changed hands. Five straight times when either team had a, had a scoring chance, uh, four buckets and, and a couple of Amphrey Simons free throws, the, the lead changed hands. Like, this is a freaking great game. It's a great game down the stretch. Join me at the 29-second mark, though. Both teams missed jumpers. Amphrey Simons comes the other way, gets the screen from from uh, from Jabari Walker, and just says, "You know what? It's my time." Fades to his left, gets a left wing three up, and cash. Blazers go up 109-106 with 29.9 seconds left. So the Thunder take a timeout and they go quick. And Jalen Williams, J Dub, uh, that's Santa, Cla- Santa Clara Jalen Williams. If if you're if you know, um, J Dub. Quickly gets mid-range to his left, pull up, cash, 109-108. Uh, the Blazers have two timeouts. They don't take one. 
Thunder are going to have to foul because you're going to there's a second and a half difference or 1.2 second difference between the game clock and shot clock. But 25.5 seconds, 25.2 seconds left. Blazers inbound the ball. They come across half court. It's a one point game. The Thunder they they do not foul right away. They do not foul right away. They set up a really effective trap and Malcolm Brogdon gets caught in coffin corner against the midcourt line and the out-of-bounds line at the at the top left-hand corner of the half of the Blazers half court and Chauncey Billups tries to call a timeout and Malcolm Brogdon tries to call a timeout but Brogdon steps through a double team this happens very quickly steps through a double team and double dribbles at full speed live it seems like a pretty reasonable call to be quite honest at full speed live it looks like Malcolm Brogdon, dribble, 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 picks up his dribble, two defenders come, steps through, dribbles again, double dribble, the ball's going back to the Blazers. Chauncey Billups loses his mind. He's been trying to call a timeout. He bumps into the ref immediately trying to get an explanation, kind of to get in, not like get into his face to yell, but get into his face to like make eye contact. What the heck just even happened? Why did I not get a timeout? Immediate tech, that's auto tech for the for for bumping into an official. Auto tech, bang, gets one. Um then he walks out onto the court, still trying to like, why the hell, why are we not getting a timeout? Why is this a turnover? It's going back to them. Anthony Simons hit a, hit what, you know, this big go-ahead bucket. We're going to make our free throws. We're going to win the freaking game. What's going on? Boom, quick second tech, really quick second tech. There's not even a good angle of the second tech on Blazers broadcast to to really see what he did. But quick second tech, gone, chased. Bill Kennedy said, literally goes to the Blazers assistant coach, says, get him out of here. Like, he can't keep yelling, get him out of here. Chauncey Billups leaves. Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander Shea now gets two free throws. He's going to get two free throws. A double tech, two techs, back-to-back techs, and an ejection in a one-point game with 15.6 seconds left. Thunder took their tens. You know, they knew they had time. They knew they had timeouts. One-point game. They weren't going to foul. They wanted to trap, and it worked, kind of. In the way that in the way that it played out, it worked. I don't know if it worked like the way the rules should work, but it worked. Shea misses the first free throw, makes the second. Tie ball game. Thunder get it back. 15 seconds left. J dub, same thing. Quick pull up, moving to his left. Cash. Thunder go up by two. Blazers have a timeout. Um Without Chauncey Billups, they draw up a play. It's a lob pass from, I think it had a couple options, but one of them was a lob. Um, I think it was Ant coming to the top or, or a lob at the rim to DA. Malcolm Brogdon tries to throw a lob at the rim to DeAndre Ayton. It's a way short, it's not a good pass. Intercepted by Shea Gildas Alexander and the Thunder get out of there with a win. Steal one with help from the Zebras. Uh, they don't wear stripes anymore, but help from the Zebras. That's your fastest recap in the West. We'll talk a lot about the last 15 seconds in the second segment. Uh, let's go to the box score real quick. Uh, Scoot Henderson, team high 19 points, seven assists, just one turnover. Um, this was this was a this was a good scoot game. Didn't play the final four four minutes and 40 seconds. Had a foul and they missed a little jump shot and they put Malcolm Brogdon back in the game. Um, Kind of totally reasonable that Chauncey Billups puts Malcolm Brogdon back in the game for the final 440 because like he's better and you're trying to win. But um, I, I, just, I just want them to play Scoot. I just want them to play Scoot. Uh, it's whatever. Um, Malcolm Brogdon himself, eight points, seven assists, 18.7 assists, uh, 17 and five assists for Amphrey Simons, who was like quiet and invisible for most of the game. And I thought he didn't do, uh, Malcolm Brogdon seven turnovers in this game, including one at the end. Uh, and, and Ant had four. They, they combined for 11 turnovers. Uh, and Scoot Henderson had one. Uh, but 
I thought I thought Ant had, was mostly bad in this game. Um, I thought it was relatively competitive on defense, but like that's I'm grading on a curve. Um, but he was because he's bad on defense, to be clear. But like I thought he was okay against and physical and like kind of the things you want Ant to be on defense, even with his sort of other limitations. Uh, but he's really quiet. Nine points through the first three quarters, eight in the fourth quarter, including with the go, big go ahead bucket with 30 seconds left. Like he he was he was good when it mattered. Uh, DeAndre in five points, seven boards. He's just they need him to get to whatever he's going to get to. They need him to get back to it. Um, 18 for Jeremy Grant with five with five rebounds. 14 points, 13 rebounds for Jabari Walker. Dude just. Dude just plays his butt off. Really easy to root for. Plays his the motor is always revving. Duop Reef, 10 off the bench. Matisse Thibel, 8 off the bench. Uh Tumani Kamara, the, the ninth guy who played, went scoreless in 14 minutes. On the Thunder side, 33 for Shea Gildas Alexander. Um this wasn't one of those crazy efficient games from Shea where he, you know, 10 of 12 from two, like uh like he was last time against Blazers, 10 of 24 from the floor. He was 10 of 21 from the uh from uh from two like he it, they did okay on him but he's prolific he scores uh 19 from Jalen Williams J-Dub two big buckets down the stretch uh six for Lou Dort eight for Chet Holmgren to go, to go with 10 boards and six block shots uh seven for Josh Giddy, three for Kazen Wallace seven for Jay Will that's Jalen Williams Arkansas nine for Isaiah Joe five for Kenny Hustle Kendrick Williams uh and you know this just this game was decided by the refs in a lot of ways. It was this was the reason that, that this to me is so frustrating is not because I believe in some sort of deep conspiracy about fixed games and all that nonsense. Blazers covered. <laughs> Blazers covered. Um, uh, like the the spread with the they were they had moved out of the way of the spread right. Uh, this wasn't about that. Like it's just. This was a good basketball game right up until it wasn't. This was an incredibly entertaining, really fun NBA basketball game right up until it wasn't. And then it was just like a truly bizarre ending. Let's talk about the bizarre ending and kind of what transpired in those last 15 seconds a little bit more in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about Hungry Root. If you're trying to eat vegetables, it's the place to do it. Hungry Root. This is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They got healthy groceries, simple recipes, all in one place. Here's how it works. Take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you. They'll, whatever your health goals are, your nutrition goals, how you like to eat. They'll ask you, you know, what flavors you like, what kitchen appliances you use, and then they'll keep your needs and preferences at the top of mind, and they'll start building your cart with delicious recipes and all of your grocery needs for the week. Uh, they'll recommend recipes, they'll recommend groceries based on your tastes, and then they'll take suggestions or, or, or even let you choose whatever you want. Um, they got high-quality fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and much more. And they go beyond your weekly grocery haul, thousands of easy recipes. That, that That's like really where they're going to help you out is like if you... It, Get fresh food you need right to your door, and then know exactly what you're gonna cook. Get a little, get a little help up, and and uh, you'll spend less time meal planning, less time shopping, and more time cooking and enjoying healthy food that you actually love with Hungry Root. So right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA listeners forty percent off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com/lockedon to get forty percent off your first delivery and get free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com. Don't forget to use that link so they know we sent you. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. It's what brings home the trophy at the end of the season. It's also what keeps your ride or die on the road. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and to level it up to peak performance. So superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, baby, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you will love, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Go get that dub. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right. Let's talk about the final 15 seconds of this game a little bit. What frustrates me about these, this, this final 15 seconds is I think Scoot Henderson played one of the best games of his career. 19 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, just that one turnover, um, 7 of 18 from the floor. So it's he's still, you know, he's still only, I believe, has two games ever where he's where he shot above 50% from the field. But, like, I thought early in the game they were going way under screens and he passed up a three early and then he, he, he you know, he kind of took one with and hesitated. And then he did what, what you want him to do. What you want when, when people gap you is what well, Lamar Hurd always calls it. But like for our purposes, it's when they go under screens, when they give they leave a big gap, right? They just say like, we're going to play way the heck off you and just like dare you to do whatever. You got to eat up space. You got to eat up space with your athleticism. So that's attack into that space, get into the paint. The passing is going to be there. Scoot's a natural passer, but it's creating offense is, is the challenge for him. He's not a great finisher, but it's process for him, and the results hopefully will come down the line. I thought his process, after particularly the early start, was really good in this game. I thought it was legitimately really good. Um, you know, he's not... Um, I wish he played more. <laughs> I'm not going to be political about it. I wish he'd played more. I wish he played the final four minutes. I understand why he didn't. I wish he played the final four minutes. That's a me problem. That frustrates me because this was going to be about Scoot Henderson. This was going to be about what an incredible basketball game this was. What a freaking great basketball. Like, what a great basketball game. Straight up. 14 lead changes in the fourth quarter. Um, inc- just just entertaining, fun basketball. It wasn't, and, and it wasn't a game that was just like spammed by three-pointers. Like, the Blazers made threes. You know, 18 of 39 from three, shot 46% from three. But they really just, they, they made 12 threes in the first half. Like, they were so hot. Down the stretch, you had to make plays. Down the stretch, you got to make plays. And, and, and then that's, and they did. And Thunder responded. And this wasn't, um, you know, Shea Gildersagazander is going to get to the free throw line. It's what he does. But this wasn't one of those games where he, um, you know, where where the Thunder just force a kajillion turnovers and make a million twos and then live at the free throw line. And you're just like, well, you can't be, you just can't beat that weird machine. And, and, and Shea gets a great whistle. So I'm not trying to say that this wasn't a game where he gets a great whistle. He gets a great, every time I watch him play, my man gets a great whistle. Fouling draws, uh, drawing fouls is a skill. He has that skill. And then he's ascended to the superstar status where you get, not only do you have the skill of drawing fouls, but you, but, but you get a good whistle. He gets one, but I didn't think this was like an egregious Shea game. 
there are some, I've seen some egregious Shea games. My man, Anthony Edwards, was complaining earlier this week about the whistle SGA gets, and I'm with him. He gets a, he gets a great whistle. He's a young person in the league who gets a great whistle. Uh, but I don't think this was like that. To me, that wasn't that uh, that frustrating of, of, of part of the game. Scoot's pretty good. It wasn't a crazy grift game. Uh, it wasn't a game where the, where OKC just kind of wears the Blazers down and came back. They, they responded to the run, right? They have a huge second quarter. OKC takes the lead and the Blazers respond and don't fade and play well. Uh, you know, eight points from Ant down in the fourth quarter. This was like, this was, this was, spo- this podcast was supposed to be about freaking anything else, right? <laughs> I hate talking about the refs. I hate it. Some people say that and they they actually mean they love talking about the refs. I genuinely I genuinely think it's boring. Most people say I don't like to complain about the refs and they that's the whole pod. Like that's 35 minutes. Um not just podcasters. Your friends do this too. <laughs> Anyone you talk to that uses the phrase I don't usually complain about the refs is about to do what they always do, complain about the refs. Uh but like I I this, the way that it was officiated was just strange. So, um, I really like that the Thunder don't foul. I think that's really good coaching. Mark Dagnos clearly a really good coach. Um, like, and 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 they they set up the trap perfectly, right? They had they had they had high man on the ball. They had high man on 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 Amphrey Simons, who was the other guy um, at, at the half court line. They and they they brought a. a players up and then Jeremy Grant kind of flashed like he was going to come get the ball and they pressed up on Grant like they were they were really attentive and ready to trap like they were there was a well executed plan by OKC and in the pool report when Bill Kennedy the head referee in this for this staff spoke to the pool reporter, which is decided before the game and someone, the local, local media is, it becomes the pool reporter. And if there needs to be one there, they go talk and you submit questions beforehand. And then you, um, and then the refs get a chance to review the questions and they talk to you afterwards. And it's kind of a stupid exercise. Um, (laughs) I've done it a handful of times. I've I don't enjoy it. Uh, but it is in that, in the pool report, Bill Kennedy's explanation is that the reason that they didn't see Chauncey Billups signaling for a timeout is because they're watching the play. Huh? (laughs) Does that mean they never see timeouts? That explanation would suggest that you can't ever call a timeout in the league, right? (laughs) Because they're watching the play, because the play is happening. So you couldn't call a timeout. The replay they showed on the Blazers broadcast. I wasn't in the gym, right? So I didn't, I, I, you know, it's it's in Oklahoma City. But like, the replay they showed on the broadcast, it is clear that Bitlips is both yelling timeout and signaling timeout. And he's out of the coach's box. He's like basically at midcourt. What else is he supposed to do? Billups deserves a lot of criticism this year. And certainly on this podcast, I've given it to him. But like, other than yell timeout and signal timeout and move up towards the play towards half court what is he supposed to do what else what else could my man do in order to signal a timeout uh malcolm brogdon live i don't i did not think he called timeout he told reporters afterwards according to casey holdall that he did he said he called timeout again i'll say this again i'll say this again to be to be 100 clear 100 uh, honest in my opinion live it looked like a double dribble because he double dribbled, because he stepped through a double team and, dri- and double dribbled. 
on the replay, it is unbelievable that they didn't get a timeout. What the hell? <laughs> I just I just don't know what they're doing. Again, I don't think this is some grand conspiracy. I don't think this is like pro-Oklahoma City whatever. The Blazers are not guaranteed to win if they get a timeout. They're going to have to turn... It's a one-point game with 16 seconds left. They're going to have to get the ball in bounds and make free throws, and OKC's going to have a chance, no matter what happens with the free throws, to tie the ball game and go to OT. Like, I guess OKC, OKC doesn't really shoot threes, but like they can. They have some shooters. Um, like, it wasn't... It was not a done deal if the Blazers get the timeout. But certainly their win expectancy has increased a great deal. So the Blazers have officially, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, filed a protest for this game, a grievance, an official protest, an official grievance with the league for this game. Um, I am not familiar, and I could not quickly find it via Google, a time in the last decade in which a, a team was awarded a protest. And um, This is just formal, right? This is just a formality to say, this, we feel like we got screwed. We feel like you stole this from us. What they did was they, st they stole a chance for this one to be won on the court by the players. I think the Billups first tech is a automatic, unquestionable, you make contact with the ref, that's a tech, period. Um, the explanation for the second tech from Bill Kennedy in the pool report is that he followed the ref onto the court and after making contact and then following him onto the court, then, then he got a second tech tossed. I don't know about the second one. That it's it seemed soft and fast. It seemed fast. I don't know the words Chauncey Billups was saying. I'm gonna guess they were bad ones. And and uh, to, to be totally clear, I did see on the broadcast Chauncey Billups told uh, the referee to f o h um, to to, to um, <laughs> that's if if you're old enough. If you I know there's some kids who listen to the program, so um, don't ask your parents about that one. But like he told them to told them to get the heck out of here. But he was already ejected by then. Like that's great. That's a great time to use use your swear words. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they didn't get a timeout, and I don't know. I don't really know about that second tech. But the first tech, even it's like OKC gets the ball back. They just like they just get the ball. They're gonna get the ball back with 15 seconds left. One point game. J Dub still, you know he's. He's going to go take a jumper and the Blazers are going to be down one. Like, let's assume it plays out the exact same way. Probably still lose. So I, the second tech isn't, you know, I know Shea may miss the first free throw or whatever. So maybe they don't. And maybe he, um, you know, and maybe, maybe he misses the free throw. And then you, he still hits the jumper and you still lose, right? Like, it's just... Um, Whatever it is, it's it's like I don't think I don't think the second tech was to me the second tech wasn't obvious. First tech is automatic contact with the official. It's just I don't. How do you not get it? How how do you watch that that moment and not also as a referee, a three man crew, have an eye on the coach who is you know is going to call a timeout? And because refs do this, they anticipate this nonsense all the time. It just doesn't make sense. The explanation doesn't make sense. Like the reality, how it played out doesn't make sense. And one last time, 
live, it looked like to me that it was a double dribble. On the replay, it's unfreaking believable and undeniable that Chauncey Billups is yelling and signaling timeout. What else are you supposed to do? It's a stolen W. Blazers are not going to win the protest. They're not going to magically get this game back. In the grand scheme, losing is probably better for them because of draft picks and yada, yada, yada. But this was a game where they played great and they deserve to win and celebrate and feel good. And instead, they didn't. They go home with garbage. Stinks. Stinks. Uh, the good news is, or the bad news is, they got on an airplane and went to Houston and they play the Rockets on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> cool. They get to play again, some redemption, or just like maybe some deflation, and you lost a game that you felt like you could have won, and then you you know you play another tough one with with limited rest on the next night. It's um, I mean that's really neither here nor there. But what a what a stinky way to soil an otherwise great basketball game. As someone who loves great basketball games, that was a great basketball game right up until it was a terrible basketball game, and then it was a bizarre one. Uh, a friend of mine who doesn't listen to the show, so I'll give him a shout out anyways. Uh, I I I missed the I watched the first half live and I watched the second half and record. And he it, he texts me. He said, "I'm not going to spoil it because I know you're not watching, but like you couldn't in a million years guess how this one ends." I will. I could not have. Amazing. Um, just. <sighs> it stinks. It stinks. It really does. Okay. I went long here because I was, um, I'm frustrated with watching a basketball game that should have been enjoyable and wasn't. So let's go to the third segment um, and talk about Terry Rozier. He got traded from the Charlotte Hornets to the Miami Heat. And I think he's an interesting market setter, particularly in relation to Malcolm Brogdon. Let's talk about that to close the show. But first, let me tell you about FanDuel, America's number one sports book and an official partner of the NFL. They want to give you some free money. If you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You place a $5 bet on anything. A $5 bet. Place a $5 bet, win or lose, $150 in bonus bets to play with. That's just free money sitting there right in the app for you. The app's super easy to use, super clean, super intuitive, and they got bets on everything. So you want to cook up a crazy multi-game parlay whatever you want a live bets on games that are happening and you're watching and you're just sitting on the couch having a little bit of fun you want to place futures bets on an nfl champion or an nba champion you can do it right there whatever you're looking for you're going to find it on fanduel.com slash lockdown so visit that url one more time for you fanduel.com slash lockdown that's fanduel an official partner of the nfl still a pass first point guard I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. I'm still I'm still a little dejected by a good basketball game. Spoiled. Spoiled. But let's talk about the news of the day. Um, Adrian Griffin got fired. I don't think that's really... Um, uh, necessarily pertinent to you, dear Blazers fans. Go listen to Locked On Bucks. They'll have you covered for all of that. I will say, Terry Stott's probably new. Uh, but the real news of the day that I think that in the NBA that I think is, is is pertains to the Blazers is Terry Rozier was traded from the Charlotte Hornets to the Miami Heat. In exchange, the Charlotte Hornets received Kyle Lowry, an expiring contract of Kyle Lowry, and a lottery-protected 2027 draft pick that is unprotected in 2028 from the Miami Heat. 
in the grand scheme, this means nothing for the Blazers. They're not in the Eastern Conference. Um, the, you know, the, they're not in the playoff thick of it anyway, so it's not like they're going meet to the, the, meet the heat down the line or anything like this. Um, and I guess they're going to play the heat in February. That matters for them. But I think this deal sets the market. Not that it defines the market, but it is an interesting market setter. Terry Rozier is worth a protected future draft pick, lottery protected future draft pick from a good team. So it's likely to be, you know, in the 20s and expiring money. Nothing else. He didn't really have anything else to trade. Um, This trade works specifically for the Hornets because it allows them some financial flexibility so they can, you know, get out from under some of their, some of the, you know, be cheaper because uh, Rosier's got two years left on his deal, and now you have now you have expiring money, and you just you're 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 able to use salary cap space in the way that bad teams do, which is take on bad other bad contracts in exchange for future uh, future draft picks in, in, moving forward, so you can get more assets for rent quote unquote renting out your cap space. Works for the Hornets, works for the Heat because they need their offense has kind of been pretty stinky over the last couple of weeks. They need some more juice. Terry Rosier's got juice. But I think it means a little bit for the Blazers because they're going to trade a sort of veteran combo-y helps you with offensive juice type of guard in Malcolm Brogdon here in the next couple weeks. I think there is virtually no chance Malcolm Brogdon is on the team February 9th. Um, I know some fans are probably rooting for it because Malcolm Brogdon is easy to root for, but I think they, I personally believe that the Blazers have to trade him and then like, but that's an opinion and my like tea leave reading is that they're absolutely 100% going to trade him so when they do what you got for Terry Rozier will be part of the bargaining process because during these cycles during the like trade deadline cycles the 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 market helps dictate what you can negotiate right like I think when Rudy Gobert got traded it screwed up the NBA trade market for a little bit because it was like okay five picks (laughs) <laughs> like, okay, five picks, Walker Kessler, Oshai Agbaji, like five, you know, it just, it, it, and then things kind of reset time, time, time passes and things reset and the next cycle, the price is different. Is Terry Rozier better than Malcolm Brogdon? I don't think so. I Probably Malcolm Brogdon is better than him. They're different. They're very similar, like in the grand, like zoomed out scheme, they're offensive focused combo guards. Um, Brogdon is probably a little more competent of a defender at this stage. Terry Rozier at one point was a good defensive player. I don't think he's been that. And Charlotte, maybe he'll, maybe Spo Magic will get him back to being a good defensive player in Miami. Um, and, you know, his counting numbers are better, but he plays a different role than Brogdon. Um, and, you know, it, it's he's he wasn't like, Brogdon's never been like the lead lone creator on a team that need to score 20-some a game. Terry Rozier's having a great offensive season. Brogdon's having a pretty darn solid offensive season. Really good shooter. He's he's like they're just they're it's a little bit different. So each team might need different stuff. Um, Brogdon's not a rim pressure guy, but he's but he's a really good catch and shoot shooter. And Rozier's a better like pull up mid range shooter, rim pressure guy than he is just like a straight bomber from three. But they're pretty similar in the grand scheme of of like overall talent. They're relatively similar in the grand scheme. I'd probably lean that Brogdon's better, but if you feel Rozier's better, like it's, it doesn't matter. The, the, the seesaw is just tipping back and forth. Um, it's, it's, it's not, they're not wildly different in my humble opinion. So I think this might be what you can expect if the Blazers were to make a deal. So if you were rooting for two first round picks and some sort of magic prospect, 
Blazers are going to have to find the sweetheart team that really wants Malcolm Brogdon and get everything they can out of him. I will say one of the things that I think Joe Cronin has generally done well is identify teams with needs and say, okay, take this asset. Like you, you, you're, you know, New Orleans, you're pretty much the only team that would be willing to give up stuff for CJ McCollum. Let's get that stuff. Um, you know, the Clippers, when they salary dumped Norm Powell and, and Rocco, I didn't really like that trade, but like, the Clippers were a team willing to just take on that money for expiring so they could Blazers could get out from under the money quickly. I guess they had to stretch wave Bledsoe. But I think this is an interesting market setter. And I think it's when you're anticipating a Brogdon trade, you're cooking them up in, in your trade machine, um, a lottery protected or lightly or, you know, top 10, top, top or lottery protected type of future draft pick and the money to make it work. I do not think that I the the Terry Rozier market setter does not suggest that you're getting an interesting young player back. And why I say the money to make it work is because Malcolm Brogdon makes $22 million. So that's pretty easy money to trade, but it's not easy money to trade for a rookie. You're gonna have to take a vet. You're gonna have to take money back to make it to make it even, uh, most likely from a team. So the money to make it work in a protected pick, I think Rozier helps set the market and the Blazers can anticipate something very similar for Brogdon unless they can find that perfect team. So you're hoping for the you're hoping for Joe Cronin to get out there and find that perfect team. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Um, let's Hopefully the refs don't come in and steal this in the last 15 seconds here. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, we will recap the game against the Houston Rockets. <laughs> let's... <laughs> uh, let, let's... Let us, for a moment, just send good vibes so we do not have to talk about officiating after in tomorrow's podcast whatsoever. No officiating talk um, in any in any in any for, in any form or function. Um, that's what that's what we got cooking five days a week wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Come back for tomorrow's show. Come back next week. Come back always. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>